Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Origins Podcast with me, Sean Hamill. Today, I have one of my favorite people in dentistry, Dr. Eric Roman, on the show, uh, holding back the tears already mm-hmm. from from what's coming forth today with his his origin story of, uh, gosh, man, you just you kind of take over. Like, I mean, you, you've got the practices, which did really well, got out of that, mm-hmm. moved out to Utah, which we were just joking about. That's kind of when we met was when you were doing your cross-country trip with your with yeah. your son, I believe it was. It was. And, uh, and a dog. And the dog. And the dog. <laughs> Not the dog that, that got hit by the car that turned yeah, you into the dentist. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there, Josh. <laughs> but just how crazy it is, too, to see DEO taking off, see your personal brand and everything taking off, man. I, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Sean, um, you know, it's funny how our, how our relationship has been forged just gradually and slowly over time. And I, I actually really give thanks for that. And that's the kind of thing that I want more of in my life is things like this. So thanks for, thanks for allowing me to be with your community today. Man, I appreciate you. So where do you want to start? I mean, you've done, I mean, I know you started with the dental path, you got to the dental path, huge success there, and then you've branched off and now you're doing a multitude of different things. How yeah. did you get into dentistry? Like, did you know you wanted to be a dentist when you were a kid? Was there like a rosebud moment where you were like, this is, this is for me. Uh, how did you get into dentistry? You know, what's funny is I actually knew I didn't want to be a dentist. <laughs> now I don't have dentist daddies or dentist mommies. I had no dentistry in my family. I had a dermatologist as an uncle. I had an ER doc as a cousin, and uh, I thought I was going to be a physician or a psychologist. I don't know why I thought I was going to be a psychologist, but the one thing I knew I wasn't going to be was a dentist. And I knew that because every time I went to the dentist, every six months, my dentist was like, Eric, you should be a dentist. I was like, no, uh, no, this isn't. And and every time my mom was, we'd be riding home. I remember she'd be like, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Arthur says that you should be a dentist when you get older. Have you thought about them? I'm like, no not going to happen. And, uh, and so, and, and I had a completely, you know, uh, uh, simple dental experience as a kid. I didn't have any issues until I think I was 17 years old. He's like, Hey, we need to get those wisdom teeth. Out. I'm like, Whoa. I was like, what? like record skips, like, you know, just hold on a moment. This doesn't sound like normal. And, um, and so he sent me to the oral surgeon. I was freaked out. And I remember I actually remember during the consult with the oral surgeon, I was like, so what happens if we don't do this? Like, I'm just curious, like anything that I could do to get out of it. So they sedated me. They took out my wisdom teeth. And um, when I was at the post-op with the oral surgeon, he was like, so what'd you think? And I was like, you know, it's actually was pretty straightforward and cool. I really enjoyed the experience in a weird sense, kind of, kind of weird. He's like, Hey, well, do you want to work with me this summer? Like, let's skip first base and just like work together. And um, I'd been working at, in the back of a uh, Foot Locker uh, shoe store every day. Nice. Dusty boxes around. Yeah. And so like every day I'd go home with like paper cuts all over my hands from the cardboard and like dust in my eyes. I'm thinking, well, this is at least a little bit cleaner than working at a Foot Locker. And so I did it. And I freaking loved it. Like the nastier that it was, the more I loved it. <laughs> and so that was the experience I was having right as the, the summer before I started college. And uh, that kind of just iced it for me. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And you know what else? All the dentists I hung out with kind of generally like were happy they were dentists and not physicians. Mm-hmm. And all the physicians that I hung out with, my uncle and my cousin wish they were dentists. 
And so I just was going with the data. You know, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like being a dermatologist, but I really wish I'd been a dentist. ER is fine, but it would have been better if I was a dentist. I'm thinking, golly, I'm getting the same messaging over and over again. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> one of the rhythms I have in my life is every once in a while I do this activity where I, I say, what, what things is my conscious mind like overlooking that life is trying to show me a message that life is trying to send me. I was just talking about that with a friend today. And the message that life was sending me was go to dental school, dude. <laughs> and so that was it, Sean. That's where it all came from. That was the, that was the origin story of how I got into dentistry. And uh, the rest was, the rest was a completely non-traditional journey. So, and that's awesome. And that it just, I don't know. It sounds like it was it was planned long before you even arrived. But Can't once no you, life, <laughs> so once you once you graduated, and got into practicing. How did you end up with multiple locations? I mean, what do you think it was that where you kind of had this Midas touch with pra- mm. practice success and things like that? Because it, I mean, you know, we meet a lot of doctors and stuff. Some struggle. Some seem to have uh, an easier path. I think. A lot of it is the relational piece. Some people are just naturally better at relationships, so it kind of flows easier for them in the business day to day. It's not so taxing because you know you meet a doctor that's really introverted and their chair set all day and they're exhausted at the end of the day. Um, what do you think was kind of the catalyst for you really being like, "Wow, like I'm actually really good at, at building practices and uh, and that sort of thing? Well, we could just go with the simple stick and say, I got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the things I've learned in life, Sean, too, is that um, luck luck always plays a, like, chance plays a part in the things that happen. As much as I'd like to say that it was a plan, it looks at, I can make it sound like a plan, but life had different things in store. So uh, one option, option A, is that I got lucky, and I have a sneaking suspicion that's in there everywhere. But it's only now, I'm on version, I'm on version 4.0 of here. Right. And so I get to look back at all the other versions and I get to like kind of reflect this is something this is what I do in life. And and reflecting back, looking at at this question. Um what people have told me is that I do have some distinct gifts that made things easier. One was the ability to relate to people. That made me a really effective dentist really quickly. That made me a lot more effective as a dentist than any clinical skills or anything ever would. And if you're building a dental company, you got to be good at being a dentist. And so that was a cornerstone. Two, I'm, I was born to teach. And teaching to me was about me training my team and increasing their skills like so that we could be consistent and so that we could multiply. It was about training doctors to move from, I, I mean, I trained young doctors straight out of school. And so it was about going straight from, I don't know what the crap I'm doing to being highly effective really quickly. And so I built systems for that. And, um, and that, that, that leads to the third thing. I was really good at constructing systems. I was good at seeing, I see systems as solutions to chaos. So and you're a natural architect. It just, it just, I didn't know any of those things going into it. So that's maybe the chance inside of it too. Um, that was just the blessing and the gift that I had though. So those things came together. Um, and there was one other thing in there. and. Uh, I guess, I guess I like my ego was big enough to where I had a lot of hubris and I made ballsy moves. 
Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when other people were, <laughs> I, I started with a second doctor. <laughs> well, who's doing that? I remember when I was talking to like Bank of America and stuff like that. And I showed them my business plan. They're like, this is dumb. Like, we're not going to lend you any money if you're going to do things this way. And so I had to like lie. Don't tell anybody. I had to lie to get my business plan through and stuff like that. And, um, and I had, uh, at about 12, at 12 months into my practice journey, I had, had three doctors working with me already. And I opened another practice, started opening another practice less than 18 months in. Those things all sound stupid uh, when I say them. I wouldn't even recommend it to anybody. But it was some of the dumb stuff that I did. And maybe maybe part of it too, Sean, is that, oh, huh, do you know what? It's all coming. I'm learning things about myself right now. Thanks, buddy. Um, when, I was, when I was in college, uh, I was a baseball player. I was a closer mm-hmm. at the pitcher. And, um, and so when the game was on the line it, and when like the pressure was mounted, I was handed like the worst case scenario. Bases are loaded. The like, you know, guy's going to be the first round draft picks at the plate. Like, oh, this is going to be really great for you. Go fix this crap. And, um, and there was like, the reason I was a closer, I wasn't, I mean, I, 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 I threw hard enough, but I wasn't like your prototypical closer. But I closed because of my head and the coaches were like, listen, you can go, you can deal with this and process it and move on. And, um, and that was the skill. And so maybe Sean, maybe there's a component of the fact that I put myself because I knew maybe that I could handle pressure and ridiculous situations. Um, I put myself in them frequently and I find that that pressure is a really good for me. Two things that teach really well are pressure and pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so putting myself in pressure situations or painful circumstances forced me to learn and adapt at a much faster rate. Uh, I actually, when, when, when other dentists like hear my story and all the different things I've done, they're like, wait, how old are you? Like, how have you uh, done so many different things in so little time? Like, I'm just learning to tie my shoes and you're, you know, you've done a lot of stuff. And I think it's that scenario. I put myself in these situations for better or for worse, and they forced me to rely on some of my skills that allow me to adapt really quickly. So here we are, man. Like, woo, kind of making me sweat just talking about it. Well, that's good, man. That's what we do here. We put yeah. you under the, the pressure cooker, man. But um, how how would you encourage a doctor to step into that vulnerability, though? Because it's, I mean, I... I don't, I, I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like making uncomfortable decisions. Right. And yeah. so how would you encourage somebody to maybe try that without, you know, worrying about the, the sky falling the second they do? Yeah. Um, or do you think you're just a natural risk taker? Uh, calculated risks, calculated Sean. risks. Like, I calculate my risks, um, really well. I know my, I know my fallbacks. I, I'm a, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, a, pessimist living in an optimist life. Um, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at the variables and planning ahead and saying, okay, so I'm a huge fear setter. I teach fear setting all the time to people like looking at what are all the things that could potentially happen, but that's not fear setting. Fear setting is when you take those things and you're like, okay, I lose my job. I have no income. What do I do then? And you play it out and you're like, okay, here's what I do. Then you play out your second scenario and you ask other questions about them. Okay. Here's what I would do. Would I be fine? Yeah, I'd be fine. But what might I learn? Mm-hmm. What might I have missed out on if I didn't try this? And so 
having that sort of mindset and going into change, Sean, is a really big deal. Um, yeah, people can talk about, oh, I, I, change is easy. Change is never easy. Change is always hard. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's easy, you probably did it wrong. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, I think one of the, like the mindset shifts would, for some, maybe it's to look at the eventualities and, um, and to sit there and say, hey, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? If it does, what will I do? What will I learn? And a lot of times then you build up this big pile of stuff that's on the side. It's like, don't change and change. And then you look over here and change. You're like, crap, no matter what happens, even all the bad crap, it turns out really well for me. And then maybe the second thing, Sean, is um, I'm really committed to who I'm going to become. Mm-hmm. And I know that who I'm, I'm destined to become isn't going to arrive if I keep doing the crap that I'm doing right now. And I'm so committed to him, like to that, that I have to change. That's another portion of it. And um, maybe the last thing that I'll say is what are the, what are the voices inside of the fear there? You know, one of the things I think about inside of my life is that the version 1.0 of Eric version 1.0 went all the way through the sale of my first demo. That was like, who the crap am I and figuring it all out. And almost everything inside of my life was about other people's voices. It was mm-hmm. like my parents' voice. You should become a doctor. <clears throat> it was the profession. This is how we do dentistry. It was mm-hmm. uh, my peers, my family members, my friends, my wife, my kids even. Like what I imagined they were saying. But you know what was funny is that all those voices that were causing me to make decisions or choose not to change because I was scared because of the voices I heard, none of those voices were me. That's kind of the funny thing. It was all everybody else's voice. And I, I had that. I'm only having that realization now, like version 3.0 4.0. Am I like, dude, everything you've ever done has been about other people's voices and other people's crap. Not mm-hmm. And so the, the, that's, that's kind of my commitment to me becoming me is that everybody else is actually, even the people that love us the most, sometimes are the most vested in us not changing. Think about that for a moment. Your spouse, your family members, your friends, people that are closest to you, they're close to you right now. And they're almost, they can be some of the biggest resistors to your change. They can be the people that put the most, the most energy into making sure you stay right where you are. And um, it's a sad, but true, sad, but true thing. And so I just have to, I just have to stay committed to the guy that I know I'm, I'm, I'm created to be and haven't yet arrived at and never will. That's good stuff, man. And as you're making these revolutions, how do you, how are you finding yourself doing it? I mean, I've, I've read a lot of different books. There's a lot of different approaches. Is it just your daily routine? Are you just like swapping out habits? Are you hitting a milestone? Then your habit adjusts. Like, what is, what does that look like? I was when I was building businesses, I got super into EOS. I think in 2013, entrepreneurial operating system track the book traction. Mm-hmm. If people haven't heard of it in their operating businesses, just go buy the book traction figured out. Mm -hmm. Um, I became a huge EOS guru. Um, I used uh, what I learned from EOS and from scaling up to build an operating system for for dental companies, for uh, for dental businesses. And so there's a beauty to a system. There's a beauty to something being systematic, to documentation and rules, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where am I going? What are my rules to get there? What are the actions that I take on a daily basis, you know, daily, monthly, quarterly basis? And 
dude, I've been teaching that to dental businesses for years and it works over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And I kind of got peeved because what I realized, like my businesses were growing like wildfire, but my life was like trash. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up with five kids because I was never home. And when I showed up, like my wife showed up pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good father. I wasn't pres- I wasn't the uh, the father husband I wanted to be. I didn't have any friends. I had no friends. I had no friends at age thirty eight. And um, but not uncommon. No, it's and it's kind uh, of an entrepreneurial burden, man. It's a lone it's, wolf it, kind it of really thing. is. Yeah, yeah. Your friends are all your business associates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I looked at it and I'm like what is the reason why my business life has all these cool solutions and it goes really well, but my home life, my family life is just trash. And I came to a couple answers. Um, number one, it's really easy to be validated for what we do in business. Hey, you generated more revenue. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, business validation. Like it, we talk about all the time. Like I go to work and I'm a hero. I go home and I'm a piece of crap. You know, like it's easy to be validated by what happens in the working world and really hard to be validated by like kids that blow diapers up, right? Like that's not super valid. Like, you know, did I, did I do something wrong? Not good validation. (laughs) Second thing is that because of those validations or maybe in spite of them or whatever, there are, when we're having trouble in our businesses, there's so many great solutions, off the shelf solutions. Hey, Sean, read this book, follow this system, hire this consultant. Whoever told you to go hire like a family or personal life consultant? Like, I mean, you know, I know we have counselors. It's a very different solution. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells you to get a business counselor, right? Like we have these, we have these dialed in solutions, but we tell you to get counselors about your personal life and your family life. So the solutions like just, they didn't match up. And, um, and honestly, that's what I've done in my own life for the past uh, probably six or seven years is I've tried to make something that uh, is, is more fluffy and non-systematic. I created a personal and family life operating system. I've been living it. Uh, I've been living it and sharing it. And, and, um, and so that is, what is that? It's a weekly habit. It's a daily habit. It's a quarterly set of habits. Um, I take uh, every 90 days, um, I take a personal retreat. I take two days of every 90 days committed to nothing but me. No business. My phone's not on. No text messages. I go off the grid. Um, I'll typically have a friend or some peers that I go with where we do this together because you can see more when you have other people looking into your life too, right? Like kind of pushing on the edges. And and I have a sequence that I follow where I reflect on what happened, where I look look at Eric 25 years from now and I think about then I commit to habits for the next 90 days. I commit to my mindsets too. That's a really big deal for me, Sean, is... um, is the mindsets that we bathe in like have immense power over us. And so every day, and and that breaks down into my quarterly plan and what I do every day. I meet with myself once a week. Also, I have a, I have a 30 to a minute to an hour meeting with myself every week to kind of sit there and say, how'd you do this week, dude? These are the commitments you made to your life. Is this still who you are? How did you live your values? How, how are you doing with your habits? Are you closer with me? And, And are you living your mindsets? And I look at my schedule and I actually look and I think, did I, did I do it? And, um, and then, and then, you know, my daily habit is I bathe in my mindsets. I made them my mindsets and I just look at my commitments just briefly uh, as part of my morning quiet time. And, um, and you know, Hey, when you, well, the things you bathe in, you start to smell like it's really easy. 
you know? And <laughs> yeah, so, sure. um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's like, I, I wish, I wish I was one of those dudes, Sean, that just wakes up with like immense willpower. Like, Oh yeah. You, you know who they are. They yeah. piss me off. Oh, David uh, Goggins drives me crazy. Oh, shut up. He makes David. me so like, nuts. Man, I'm driving around Utah and he's coming, you know, the David Goggins show, like coming to an arena near you to see how powerful I am and how I can do uh, 9,000 pull-ups. With makes one you feel arm. awful about yourself. <laughs> Love him. Hey, I won't even read his book. I like just read stuff on him. I'm like, you don't resonate with me, you handsome stud. Like, you know, go do your own crap and stay out of my life. Um, I'm weak, dude. I'm weak and I'm pathetic. I do not have willpower. I like, I have to create architecture and an environment around me that gets the outcomes that, that I need. So call me lazy, but if you're lazy like me, then let's build a system, bro. That's awesome. And that's yeah. how, that's how DEO came to be, right? Is you started teaching traction yeah. practices, right? And then yep. it kind of just evolved. Yeah, that was really cool because um, so what we had done, uh, Josie Sewell, my business partner in that, we built what we had called the dental operating system. And that's what it was. Um, she was actually teaching EOS at the time, but then we, we, we branched off to make it proprietary because there were things EOS wouldn't let us do that were important to dental groups. And so um, we were doing that and the DEO, you know, we were like, huh, it's kind of funny. All of your customers are our customers. And we were like, huh, that's kind of weird. It's like, it's kind of like it would fit together. And, and, and Jake's like, you know, and it would be really helpful for us to have some of that training, like firepower that you guys have. How about we match it all up? And yeah, that was the beginning. And so my personal coaching I was doing for, uh, for dental CEOs and then the, uh, the dental operating system all flowed into the DEO. And yeah, it's been, uh, that was a really fun ride. It was really, you know, it's such a great group. Um, really unique culture. I love the emerging in the mid-market DSO space too. It's just been, it's about my home. That's where I've lived my entire career inside of dentistry. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, or that was the origin of that DEO relationship. Boom. <laughs> Boom. So what's, what's next for you, man? What's Eric Roman 5.0? What's where you, where mm. are you headed? Dude, I don't even, I don't even know what, I'm going to leave some space for 5.0 right now because I literally just, four weeks ago crossed into nine, uh, into 4.0. That was a really big shift. And, um, and honestly, probably what it was for me in inside of 3.0, inside a lot of my space and time with the DEO, uh, it's really been helping people build great dental organizations, right? That's a lot of what I've lived for. But the thing that, but you know, it's funny, like people say, Eric, when you talk about the stuff in your personal life, you light up. When you talk about the systems you use to, to you know, with your family or with your kids, like your countenance shifts. And again, do you remember the thing I talked about at the beginning? When life is telling you something over and over, what things is life trying to tell you over and over that our consciousness might be trying to suppress? My consciousness was like, hi, I'm Eric Roman, and I teach people how to build great DSOs, right? Like, that's what my consciousness said. And life was constantly saying time and time again, people are like, you light up when you talk about personal stuff. Could you tell me more about that? <laughs> and so the shift from 3.0 to 4.0 was me stepping into that. And, um, you know, this operating system that I built and refined uh, with, um, with a dear friend of mine over the course of the past five years, uh, we've been delivering it quietly to entrepreneurs uh, in all sorts of different industries. And, and they're like, hey, this is amazing. This is life changing. It's like, it's the best thing in my life, in a sense. And so, you know, I decided recently to go all in on that. 
That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's an operating business. It's gonna, it's the One Life system, and we're starting it with uh, retreats this November in Park City for for entrepreneurs in healthcare. And it's you know it's it's for people that have lived the journey that I've lived, and I think that resonates with a lot of us where. We've built businesses. We've listened to all the other voices in the healthcare world. We followed all the freaking rules that weren't our own. We did what they told us to do. And we end up with this business. But then we look at our life and we're like, okay, the bit, everybody tells me my business is really great, but I don't feel fulfilled. I'm not having fun. Like I don't feel free. I feel trapped in my business and I'm not the father or mother I want to be. I don't have relationships with my kids like I want to have. And when does when does that stop? And, um, and so, you know, I have a really dialed in system to give people what they want out of life. And, uh, so for people that have built great businesses, but aren't feeling what they want, that's like my future, I think. And, you know, my real dream, Sean, is that it's not just about people that have built businesses. It's, it's about every person that operates with us inside of our companies. You know, I mean, the, probably the thing that's been most enjoyable for me is to watch how the systems I built have impacted like entry level team members. You know, um, how many times my team members have cried when we're doing quarterly meetings with them and checking in on what's going on in their personal life and, 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 and trying to be a support as a company for them. So like, you know, nobody's ever made a commitment to their personal life. Nobody's ever mm -hmm. cared about what goes on for them outside of, outside of the office, you know? And so, yeah, that's the vision of where I'm going. That's where 4.0 is going, but who knows what the crap 5.0 is going to Mars or something 5.0 might go. I was going to say that. I was going to say Mars. I just saw that the other day. Yeah, 2030, we're supposed to go to Mars. So maybe 5.0 will be on that ship. Maybe. You never know, man. You could talk to Elon see what he says. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so how right. do people get a, How do people get in touch with you? How do people learn about all of these things that you're up to, specifically the new venture? Like, do you guys have a website for that? Yeah, you can just do smoke signals. That's pretty much the way I've operated for a long time. Just fan them out, like Morse code type stuff. Um, I have, <laughs> I have been, I have just recently been developing a, a personal brand so that people can uh, hear about. It. That was a really big step for me. Really weird, really weird step. I didn't do social media or anything before that. So uh, you can find out anything about me at drericjroman.com. Um, and, uh, inside of there, inside of there, there's links to, uh, or at least there will be any day now links to the, uh, to the one life circle, which is, and it'll be onelifecircle.com. And that's, uh, that's our event that's coming up really quick in uh second week of November in park city, Utah. And, um, yeah. And you know, even, even, even if people just want to be friends, I can use more friends in my life. So if somebody wants to reach out and say, Hey, I feel like you and I should be friends. Well, there we are. <laughs> man that's awesome i'm looking through your your site now it looks good you got the uh you got the gq photo shoot going on oh gosh yeah you know uh when we were doing that we found this awesome little photographer up her, her name is pepper fox I'm like, are you okay, serious like that's pepper her name fox. like wow. i mean that's what she goes by she's the pepper fox and um and uh she made me like she made me she made me do things that made me very uncomfortable in that photo shoot but uh you know it turned out okay. oh yeah i mean the site looks great I think I need to do another one. Yeah. So, you know, it's got, it's got site, site uh, version 3.0. When you have changes inside of you, version 3.0 to 4.0 of Eric, I got to change the freaking website too. That's like the worst part about recognizing there's a change problem, Sean. Sign up for that. Every time you have a change inside your soul, you have to change your personal brand. Crap. Nobody told me that. It's <laughs> I'm going to need to stop changing. Change is costing me too much money. Yeah. Right, man. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Always love just hanging out with you and talking to you. 
uh, it's cool to hear the origin of just how you got to where you are. And man, again, as, uh, so it's Dr. Eric J. Roman.com. You're on all the socials I'm guessing nowadays too. And then yeah. is there a way that people, if anybody's watching, just wants to talk to you directly, is there an email or, or some, some way yeah, that you get all actually, of you? Yeah, actually, if you just go to that, um, uh, to the website, uh, there's a talk to me, let's talk, let's get to know each other sort of link right on there. And uh, they can just hit that and, uh, and we can set up some time to chat. Uh, it's actually been fun. I enjoy getting to, to I, do you know what really means a lot to me is just hearing sometimes things that I've said that really resonate with people. Um, that's the thing that might be more appreciated than anything else. Like, hey, when you said this, I felt that, you know, um, that makes me feel oftentimes it feels like sometimes our journey that we go on and the pain that we go through has no power. But I've learned in sharing it, like it does have power and uh, and then it touches other people. So, yeah, that's the best way to do it. Link up with me there. And I think I do the Facebook thing and the Instagram thing. I just and LinkedIn. I just suck at all that. So we're getting there, Sean. <laughs> do you know a marketing guy? I don't actually. Not anybody <laughs> worth not anybody worth it. No, not anybody worth your time. I do not. Unfortunately, check. Uh, you can check Craigslist or something. I'm sure. Uh, that's uh, OK. Fine. <laughs> Well, Dr. Roman, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Always a good time. Yeah.